just in this last song to make the statement and hear ourselves make it, feel ourselves make that statement and the truth in it that I am Jesus's, I am his. Amen. We're getting ready to go before the Lord, not in prayer this time, but in the word of God. And uh, if you're not standing, if you would stand, well, we're getting ready to read some scripture. So if you want to stand, you can. Um, But I want to go to Ephesians 2 and uh, read through 11 and 12. And before I do that, I just give honor to you all and to our pastors. They're away because of the times. And uh, it's great to be able to be with you, home folk, and be able to share the word of the Lord with you. I know the Lord's given me something for us. So uh, let's, uh, let's read Ephesians 2, 11 through 12. Wherefore, remember that ye being in, in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. To hear ourselves sing a song saying, I am yours. Amen. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but there is hope in Jesus tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can we give him a hand clap of praise tonight? We're thankful for your hope, Jesus. We're thankful for your hope, oh God, the hope we have in you. Oh, Jesus, we praise you, God. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. You may be seated tonight. I'm going to be preaching to you uh, from this thought, keep walking and don't stop knocking. Amen. It's kind of catchy, I guess. Maybe a little bit. Maybe you'll remember it. Keep walking and don't stop knocking. But whenever I read this scripture in Ephesians, to hear those words of that we were without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, uh, that we were separated from God at one point, I wonder if anyone here has ever felt like an alien. Anybody, I'm not talking like the weird, like the UFO type of alien here. I'm talking about, you know, you're in a country and you're not from that country. You know, uh, several of us here uh, at this point um, in our, several years ago, I'll just go there. Several years ago, we were in uh, the EU. We were in another country. Some of us took that trip and Brother Kelly uh, referenced it. But here recently, I was in Nicaragua. And when I was in Nicaragua, it was intimidating uh, multiple times. I don't speak Spanish. The only Spanish I speak is yo no hablo, no, yo no hablo espanol. I don't even know if I'm getting that right. But it's something similar, something close. Just enough Spanish to be able to say, I don't know how to speak Spanish. And as they were talking to me, I guess they, brother, brother Jay Long, you know, he's real fluent. And so they were expecting him to, uh, be, to be with someone else that also knew Spanish real fluently. And they'd just be talking to me. And when I felt like there was a break in their, in their sentence or conversation, I'd be like, yo no hablo espanol. <laughs> it was really awkward, you know, but I felt like a stranger. Uh, it dawned on me that Brother Jay Long is probably the only person in 100 miles that knows any English, you know. And then I started, and then I started thinking, well, there's a lot of people around here with guns. Uh, Nicaragua is patrolled by, uh, the borders are patrolled by their National Guard or Army, and they have big old M16s. And I'm like, man, I have to have my passport on me at all times 
you know, what happens whenever I meet one of these guys and they're asking me for my passport and all I can say is, yo no hablo espanol. You know, it's, it's, it's intimidating. It's a little scary. And, um, you know, it just feels strange to be an alien. You know, you don't have a whole lot of rights. You don't have a whole lot of ability to communicate. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that you don't possess as an alien in another country. Uh, we live in a world where identity is important. Having someone's name and information is a powerful thing today. Uh, in fact, government agencies are working on applications for the public where someone will be able to take your picture and the program will provide the person who took your picture with your name, your address, and any other information it has been able to dig up from the internet. That's in development. There won't be a need for private investigators. It'll be pretty much instantaneous because identity is important. Who we are is important. It's not only these agencies working to figure out who each of us are, but sometimes we can get stuck in a struggle figuring out our own selves, you know? I mean, I don't need someone else trying to figure out who I am if I'm having trouble figuring out myself, you know? It's, it's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of a sticky situation. But nevertheless, the world tries day in and day out to affect our identity. And they do it through multiple means. They do it through social media. They do it through advertisements. If they can hook you with one good advertisement, you may frequent McDonald's the rest of your life. And people may say, man, they really liked McDonald's coffee. I mean, I'm kidding in part, but what I'm saying to you is a real thing. The world is constantly attempting to shape our view which will have an, an effect on who we are. All of a sudden, I become the McDonald's person that liked, or the, the McDonald's coffee guy. You know. Recently, though, I, I sat and listened to an individual who was working through some substance use issues. While they were talking, I kept hearing them say, and, and it was just hard to hear it, but you know, I, and this is, this is vocabulary that is used, you know, uh, since I was dirty, or I dropped dirty, and, and the, the word dirty just kept coming up over and over and over. You know, the world gave this individual words to describe their lifestyle, but God did not mean for us to walk through this life using words the world has manufactured to identify us. He didn't mean for us to identify ourselves as dirty or broken or useless or poor or destitute. That was not his will tonight. His original plan was to call us friends. His original plan was to call us clean. His original plan was to call us friends of God tonight. And when I think about the way the world has this ability to give us vocabulary, to name ourselves, to bring an identity upon ourselves, it worries me because I begin to think of what identity God has that I'm completely missing out on tonight. Or that I get overwhelmed by an identity the world is forcing upon me. And I stop living in the identity that God has created for me. Instead of being uh, welcomed in the house of God, I become feeling as if I'm an alien because the world has identified me. In the scriptures, we find a man who likely was going through an identity crisis in the 12th chapter of Acts. James, the brother of John, had just been put to death by Herod. 
And now Herod had captured Peter with intent to put him to death. In this moment of imprisonment, things looked pretty bleak for Peter. I don't know how I would have reacted knowing another man of God had just been put to death. And now I was up next. I'm sure Peter felt the anxiety of being sentenced to death. To being a prisoner and his inward man likely began feeling the identity of a captive. I can't help but think of how Peter would feel in that moment as he sat and awaited his fate. James had just been put to death. He was a righteous man. He was a holy man. One wouldn't expect something bad to happen to James, but it just did. And now Peter is in a jail cell. And he is the one they'll come for in the morning. It had to have been surreal. I wonder how much comfort he would have had in that moment. But it's in these moments of trial that the enemy begins trying to affect our minds and, and overcome us with fear. And fear affects people in strange ways. You know, fear can literally make a person completely forget things. Right? Stage fright? Anybody ever had stage fright? You can be right in the middle of a sentence and fear kind of comes over you. And you're like, oh, blah, blah, blah. I don't know what to say next. You know? Stage fright. There was a time I was in Nicaragua and I was, again, just another story. And you've probably heard it before. But I, I was literally getting to, ready to walk into this school that was kind of a, you know, it was built. You know, it's probably one of the better built uh, structures in the area, but it still was kind of little and not very strong and, you know, it was concerning. So uh, I, I knew that that night I was going to be preaching uh, the gospel and I was getting ready to step into that building and it wasn't really my fear that the building would fall down, but as I was getting ready to step in there, I just immediately became frozen and I couldn't move. And it was strange because it wasn't a normal fear. Uh, this was a spirit of fear. And I felt paralyzed by it. I couldn't move. I couldn't do anything. couldn't say anything. And in that moment, thoughts began crossing my mind. Are you really supposed to be here, Blake? Are you really supposed to walk through that door? Are you really supposed to preach what you have on your heart? And in that moment, I said, devil, get thee behind me, Satan. Because the Lord has sent me to walk through this door. The Lord has sent me to speak to these people. And the Lord has prepared the gospel in my lips. And I'm going to share what God's put on my heart. And as soon as I came to that place and I said, Jesus, the spirit broke. And I walked into that place and God moved in a mighty way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sometimes it's just confronting the fear with the identity of who God says you are. With the fact of why you're there. It's not because we're not there to be selfish. We're not there for some sort of gain. We're there representing the king of glory. And whenever you let that truth confront that fear. That fear can't stay. It's got to leave tonight. Sometimes it feels like fear may even devour us. It was in that moment that I felt I was going to be devoured. It came upon me so strong. I've never had that happen in my life. But it's, it's in these moments we may even begin feeling like we're nothing more than prey 
to our circumstances. I could have given in and said, oh, I'm not supposed to be here. Or, oh, what I have to say isn't really that important. But the Bible explains the culprit of this kind of fear. It's in 1 Peter 5.8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. You see, these lion-like roars will persuade us that we're aliens and strangers without hope. His roars will cause us to identify as something that we're not. And if he can keep us thinking we don't have any access to the promises of God or we don't belong in God's presence, he can rob us of that identity. But I want to stand on this firm foundation that I know assuredly that God has purchased us with his blood, that he has given us a commission, and he has given us purpose, and he has made us clean tonight. Can we worship the Lord? Hallelujah. Consider the difference between being in the home of your parent tonight. We talked about being aliens, letting fear persuade us that we're some that we're that we don't belong in the house of God or that we don't belong uh, to the promises or hope of God. We're aliens. That's what the devil wants us to think. He wants us to think that we're aliens to that hope. We're aliens to those promises. But as an alien, as a stranger, consider the difference between being in the home of your parent or friend and being in the home of a stranger. There are going to be places we might not feel welcome to go in uh, in that home of someone that we're a stranger to, right? So you walk into a home and, for instance, you know, I have a sister and a brother who sell, who sell things occasionally. And these days you're lucky if you're going to get your foot in the door. You're lucky if they let you stand, uh, you know, inside their door, you know. Uh, you're, you're lucky if that happens. Most times people just leave you out on the porch. But if you are lucky enough or blessed enough to get entrance into the home, what do you, what do you normally do? I mean, I think my reaction is I stand there and I wait. You know, I don't know these people. So if I walk into the kitchen, open their fridge and start getting me some milk... <laughs> There's going to be some problems. I don't feel that welcomed in, a, in a, someone's house I don't know. See, there are places we might not feel welcome to. So let me tell you, you know, there have been times in my spiritual walk where I haven't always feel, felt welcomed. As a chaplain, there were many times I walked into situations that I didn't think at all that I was at all welcomed. People throwing things, people cussing, and people just unhappy. And, and really, they're unhappy because they're going through things that they can't stand on their own through it. They need Jesus. But they don't know that in the moment. But each and every time I walk through an open door, I can tell you God moved and I saw miracles. I saw spirits of depression leave people in an instant. I saw people scheduled for surgery the next day, healed in an instant. Every time, every time I felt fear make me feel like I didn't belong or didn't, that I, I wasn't welcome to go into a room. Every time I stepped in, the Lord moved. I, wanna, I don't want to get ahead of myself again, but I'll tell you. That if we'll just take that step into that door. It doesn't, it's not about your ability. 
It's not about your skill. It's not about how beautiful the words you pray are. It's just about your faith. And if you believe that Jesus can do it tonight, and if you believe that he can, he will. Every time he he will do something that will blow your mind. I didn't always see people healed. No, sometimes I saw them have a smile on their face when I walked in and they thought the world was going to consume them. You can't always put a price or a standard on the things God does in the Spirit. So every time you pray for healing or every time you pray for a miracle, God knows your heart and maybe He's not going to always heal physically, but man, He can touch their spirit. Returning to our story of Peter, I'm sure he was a little bit afraid. He was a little bit afraid because James had just been killed and now he was up next. We look at Acts 12 and 6 and we're going to read through uh, 10. And when Herod would have brought him forth the same night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and the keepers before the act uh, and the keepers before. Acts 12 and 7, Behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison, and he smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly, and his chains fell off from his hands. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself and bind on thy sandals. And so he did, and he saith unto him, Cast thy garment about thee and follow me. And he went out and followed him, and wits not that it was true, which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. And when they were past the first and the second ward, they came unto the iron gate that leadeth unto the city, which opened to him of his own accord, and they went out. And passed on through one street, and forthwith the angel departed from him, from the door that kept the prison. From, departed from him. Man, copy and paste is not always your friend. So we have it behind me here. We see, we see some important things, though. We see some really important things. The first thing we see is that when the Lord appeared, or the angel appeared to deliver Peter, he sent an angel, he sent an angel that loosed Peter's chains. That's really important. Peter was, Peter was loosed. His chains were loosed. Peter was taken through the barracks that the soldiers inhabited. And then Peter was taken to the iron gate that was opened. So there's three things God did in this story. He opened three paths for Peter. And this first one, with the loosing of the chains, sometimes fear can make, or sometimes fear can leave us delivered but motionless. We could be standing there, just like Peter, and if we let fear tell us that we're not being rescued by the angel, that God isn't the agent of our rescue, we could have chains literally fall off of our wrists, fall off of our feet and lay there. But because there are two soldiers next to me, I could say, well, these chains fell off, but I don't know if I move, maybe they're going to wake up. So I better just stay motionless. I better not move. Because the moment I move, these guards are going to wake up and it's going to be over for me. But that's exactly what can happen in our lives tonight. 
where the Lord can come in so miraculously, set us free, break our chains. And because we don't believe that we're worthy to be delivered, or maybe we don't believe that we are who God says we are in that moment, that I am free, that I am redeemed, that I am whole, that I don't take the step past the chains and keep and start walking. Man, tonight if there's someone in this place that God has swept in miraculously and he has broken your chains, I just want to tell you tonight, God doesn't intend for you to stay in that place. God intends to bring you out tonight. God intends for you to walk past the guards tonight. Hallelujah. The Lord intends to bless you tonight in ways that you didn't understand that he could. Don't remain motionless. It's time to walk. Because the God who started this work, he's going to finish the rest of the work. Hallelujah. The second thing that he did is that God delivered him from the barracks of the guards. There are all kinds of guards around, and not just these two guards, but a whole, a whole barracks of guards. You know, fear can, and, and with this, with this point I see fear can make us believe we lack resources like we don't have the manpower well there's all there's like all these guard other guards out here I step out my jail cell and I start walking out into the camp and I see one tent two tent three tent four tent with like five guards each tent and it's like okay go back into the jail cell no no that's not what we do that's not what we do no but the reason why we would do that is because we feel like we don't have the manpower. But I remember the story, and I'm sure you do too, that whenever, whenever the armies came against the prophet, he said, they that be for us are more than they that be against us. You know, there is an invisible army that we don't always see, and we can't always understand. And we feel like we're surrounded on every side, and there are tents full of enemies but I want to tell you that there's an army that we are with tonight because we, we, we are children of God. And there is an army that we are following tonight. I don't care how much it seems like your situation is hopeless or how much it seems like, the thing, like things are stacked up against you because God is able to deliver you tonight. It's not a, it's not a question about manpower. That's not, that's not the problem. You have more than enough power because the power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in each and every one of us. Each and every one of us. And sometimes it's just about digging into that spirit of God that's in us and letting that well spring up. It's not about manpower. Jesus is more than enough tonight. And then Peter was completely ran, uh, led out of the city. And the last thing I want to say about this is that fear can make us feel like we're alien in every other city, but the city of our captivity. Fear can make us feel like we are an alien in every other city, but the city of our captivity. In other words, the city of our captivity becomes home sweet home. And I feel like tonight, to warn against that, that sense to warn against the power of fear to do that to make your captivity feel like a place of home because the Lord has opened doors for you 
The Lord has made a way. He's broken the chains. He's leading you through the barracks. He's taking you to the iron gate. And it's time to leave the city. My friend, tonight it is important to know that if we let the roars of the lion persuade us that we are anything less than children of God, we might not walk through the doors he opens for us. A stranger who doesn't think they are welcome probably won't walk through open doors. And that's exactly what the enemy wants to happen. He wants fear to devour you in order to make you think God is a million miles away and you're a stranger to him. But that couldn't be further from the truth. Ephesians 2.18 says, For through him we both have access by one spirit through the, unto the Father. Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. Let me tell you, if you think it's hard to walk through a door that is open, it'll be even harder to knock on a door when it's closed. So I want to tell you tonight, right now there are doors that God is opening for you. I felt, I felt this in the spirit. I felt it was for us. And I want to tell you that there are doors that God is opening right now. There are prayers you've been praying that you haven't seen an answer to it. God is opening a door. There are people here who have struggled, struggled with physical problems. God is opening a door. There is someone here tonight, people here tonight that have been lifting up their prayers to God. And I want to tell you, God is opening the door. There is revival in this city. There is revival in this area, in this county, because God has opened the door. And it is our time now not to stand and not let a city of our captivity be home, but to start stepping through the door, to start walking right now, to believe the door is opened and I'm going to walk through it. Amen. Can we worship the Lord right now? Lord, we believe in you, God, for the doors that you've opened. We believe in you, God, right now. Hallelujah for your miraculous power. Lord, for your victory in this place. Lord, for all the doors of victory. For all the doors of every prayer that's been prayed. Lord, for all the doors, Lord, of expectation. Lord, we walk through them tonight, right now. By faith, Lord, we tell you, God, we're walking through them. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We know who we are, Jesus. We're accepting your invitation tonight. Hallelujah. Now, if we can't walk through doors that are open, how much harder then will it be to knock on doors that are closed? That's the question. You see, you can't get persuaded that you're a stranger and alien when God says you're a fellow citizen of his household. But sometimes you got to knock with all your might. Peter, the last door that he came to, was the church's door or it was Mary's it was Mary's house and they were all in there praying this was the only door that wasn't open for Peter and he goes to it and he knocks they don't come immediately they kind of aren't sure about it at first and he just keeps knocking how strange would that be if we thought that we were dirty if we thought that we were unrighteous and unworthy to knock on the door that God sent us to. Because if we feel that way, we'll knock and no one will answer. And we'll turn our backs and run. Or we'll turn our backs and walk off too soon. But for those of you that you have been praying and you have been seeking God and you've been waiting for a breakthrough and you've been walking through doors that God's opened for you, 
I want to remind you tonight to just keep knocking. Knock with all your might. Don't give up because the God that opened all the other doors for you, he's going to open the door that you're knocking at tonight. Amen. He's going to open that door for you, friend. He's going to open that door for you, sister. Acts 12 and 16 says, and it's the one I just referenced, but Peter continued knocking. If Peter had not knocked, it's hard to know what would have happened. If Peter had not been convinced the Lord was delivering him, I'm not sure he would have even went through the doors available to him, let alone knock at the door of Mary's house. And yet, he knocked. In Luke 11, 9, it says, And I say unto you, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord, hallelujah. Oh, the Lord knows tonight, hallelujah, the places and the doors we've been knocking at. He knows the struggle, hallelujah. He knows tonight the pain that you've had in knocking the way you've been knocking. But there's an answer to your prayer tonight. There's a door that you've been knocking at for a while he's going to open because his word tells us that that he will do it. Knocketh, and it shall be opened, his word says. Tonight we may be standing looking at a door that God's brought us to and saying, it looks like I, I'm not welcomed here. This door looks like it's a, it, it leads into a place that's just, you know, it's beyond me. It's, this door looks like it goes into a place where someone like me shouldn't, shouldn't walk into or, There's a door to a situation that seems impossible. But because God is the God who makes the impossible possible, when you knock, He will glorify Himself tonight. He will glorify Himself in the middle of your situation by opening the door. Tonight we have to believe that we have the identity of a fellow citizen. There are certain things we have access to just because of who we are. The enemy is trying to destroy your access to God by convincing you that you're less than what you are. He's trying to destroy you by keeping you from walking through doors he's opened for you. So stop worrying tonight and just start walking. And don't let a closed door scare you away. Just keep knocking. Just keep knocking. My fiance, Christina, this is really her story that I'm going to just try to briefly tell you. But she has a really powerful testimony if you haven't heard it. And maybe I should give her the opportunity to tell you. But there was a time where Christina couldn't hear anything. She was deaf. Completely. She couldn't hear at all. She had to use sign language. She had to read lips. And she started praying that the Lord would heal her. And it just seemed like she kept getting worse and worse. Her hearing kept deteriorating. And the way she tells it is that one night she went to a, she went into the prayer room. The Lord woke her up in the early morning. When the Lord wakes us up in early morning, when the Lord wakes us up at any time and calls us and draws us, that's an open door. And she had an open door. The Lord woke her up early in the morning and called her to prayer and she started praying. And she stuck some earbuds in her ear 
because she couldn't hear good. She cranked it up, and she, you know, she just started singing, even though she couldn't really hear a whole lot. She just started singing, singing, and she started praying, and then she started giving thanks to God because of his goodness, and in the middle of that, she had this ear where it was, it was completely gone. It had deteriorated to this point where she couldn't hear at all. And she accidentally knocked her, her earbud out of her ear with her right hand as she was worshiping the Lord. And, and it, didn't, it didn't dawn on her in the moment. But in a, after a few seconds, she realized she could still hear the music. And God had healed her other ear. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And to relate that to you, I know that there are people God is calling in this place. I know that the Lord is calling you to walk through some doors. And if we'll get up and we'll just keep knocking, keep knocking at that same prayer request, keep believing in it, keep giving God thanks, you'll be amazed in the moment where God intervenes and he opens your ears. He opens your door. What you have to do is to just not be persuaded that you're someone else tonight. Don't be persuaded that you're an alien. Don't be persuaded that you're a stranger because God calls you his friend. Interestingly for Peter, in Acts 12, 19, we're reading through the rest of this, some really interesting things happen. Uh, Acts 12 and 19, and when Herod had sought for him and found him not, he examined the keepers and commanded that they should be put to death. And he went down from Judea to Caesarea and there abode. And Herod was highly displeased with them of Tyre and Sidon, but they came with one accord to him and having made Blastus the king's chamberlain, their friend, desired peace because their country was nourished by the king's country. And upon a set day, Herod arrayed in royal apparel, set upon his throne, and made an an oration unto them. And the people gave a shout, saying, It is the voice of God and not of a man. And immediately the angel of the Lord smote him, because he gave not God the glory, and he was eaten of worms and gave up the ghost. Every force that held Peter was utterly broken. When Peter simply walked through the doors that were opened, when he knocked at the only door that seemed closed, miraculous things happened. The soldiers who guarded him were put to death. And this man who apparently had so much power, we're talking about Herod, that he could put Peter to death, he ended up being smitten by God. See, there are forces in your life today that God intends to utterly defeat. But you have to first resist the roars of that lion who wants you to be so afraid that you forget that you even have the right to ask, that you even have the right to go to war, that you even have the right to call on the name of Jesus. And you just need to start going forward. You just need to pick up the weaponry of our warfare. You just got to start praying. You got to just start believing. Keep believing. Keep praying. Because every power that's been arrayed against your life, every power that's been arrayed against your soul, God has the power to bring down in a moment. Your persecutors, those who have turned against you or those who have wounded you, let God have that. Because God will glorify himself when you let him have have that kind of situation. 
Tonight the doors are open for us. The doors of deliverance, the doors of financial blessing, the doors of freedom from worry. If you've been praying for something to happen and you're still waiting, then keep knocking. Perhaps tonight you're feeling dis- discouraged or because it feels like you're far from God. But this preacher is here to remind you that you're a child of the household of God. You're clean by the blood. You're fellow citizens of the kingdom of God. And you have power because the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Hallelujah. There are decisions you've been wrestling with. Doors you've been worried about walking through. And answers to prayer you haven't received yet. But just remember, God's got you. Ultimately, if everything else fails, you are God's. And he will never leave or forsake you. There is a door of victory open today. It's time to walk through it. There's a door of blessing open today. It's time to walk through it. There's an answer for you already. God is here to answer your prayer right now. Hallelujah. The Lord has known our battles. I said it from the very beginning. Some of us have been struggling with feeling like we're that friend of God in the song that we sang. Some of us have been discouraged because we're waiting on the fire to fall. But the Lord's going to provide. The Lord is providing right now. He is working in the spiritual realm, in the spiritual places, preparing doors for you. The chains have fallen. It's time to move. It's time to flee from the city of your captivity. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I feel that so strongly in the spirit right now. If we could stand to our feet, I feel like this is a good time to start praying. During this message, the Lord has been speaking to someone here. God is calling you to walk through some doors. And some of you, you've been standing at one for a long time and you need encouragement. God has not left you. He has not forsaken you. He is near to you. And if in this moment we could just begin to lift our hearts Can we connect us with somebody that's next to us? And begin to pray. Pray right now to let the Lord know that you're committed to walk through the doors that He's opened. That you don't want the city of our captivity to ever become a place of home. Hallelujah. But to be aliens in that city of captivity as children of God. Hallelujah. To knock at the door and to know that He is the God who answers tonight. Jesus, we thank You right now. We thank you, Lord, for every door that you've opened. We thank you, God, for every chain that you've broken. We thank you, God, for every enemy force, Lord, that you've led us through. Lord God, where the powers of heaven fought for our sake, oh Lord. We thank you, Jesus, for the power of heaven, for angels that are gathered in this place, fighting unseen battles, oh God. We thank you, Jesus, for your blessing tonight. Lord, for your places of calling. Oh, Jesus, for the way that you're speaking right now. Now to those, Lord, that have struggled. Lord, that have felt like strangers when they were indeed children. I pray, God, for a holy assurance to wash over us. To know that it is not by our power or by might, but by your Spirit tonight, Jesus. I pray, God, that you would help us. 
Lord, to be empowered by your Spirit every day in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the power of the Holy Ghost. I lose encouragement tonight.